Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home I had a little bit of a internal conundrum the other day, because as you guys probably all know, everybody uses Spotify. They do your year-end rap, and they tell you, you know, like the top 100 songs you listen to, your top artists, your top genres. And mine said that my top genre was like alternative rock, hard rock. Makes sense. Had like a hip-hop in there, had some country. And then they said classic rock, and I was like, well... I don't really listen to that much classic rock. But then they said that my number three artist was the Rolling Stones and that that was a classic rock category. I know, like, broadly it is, but I think of classic rock as, like, the stuff that got stuck in the machine when they created that genre of music that just gets over and over rehashed. I don't know. I just think that the... I think that classic rock, from my my humble music analysis opinion, is sort of an insulting word. It's for the less deep and or less prolific the Rolling Stones are in a category all their own. So I guess if that's the reason that's on my Spotify rap, I'll take it. Because it was all Stones all the time. I really dove back into the Stones this year, especially when Charlie Watt, the drummer for the Stones, passed away. I just uh, I had to had to get it in. So welcome back. Nuana's now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. The Grizz head across the country to play at James Madison for the first time since 2008. I caught up with one of the pivotal figures the last time Montana headed out to Harrisonburg, Pennsylvania. This is our ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls. Well, we're sitting down here at the UC Center on the University of Montana campus. we got to tell you these days that we're pre-recording stuff. It's FCC uh, regulations, but fun being here. This is our ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls in Missoula and joined by an old friend of mine and currently safety's coach. And what would we call you, the assistant special teams coordinator or something like that? Involved in the special teams in Montana as well. Shane Schillinger joining us here on Nuanas. Now, what's up, buddy? How you doing? Good, Coulter. Uh, appreciate you coming over here just like old times back in 06, 07, aging ourselves now, but uh, appreciate you coming over and spending a little time together. The entry point of this is that uh, Shan currently coaches for the Grizzlies, obviously. Montana moves on with a 57-41 victory over Eastern Washington. One of the most fun games I've had the pleasure of covering in my journalism career. But Shan was also an All-American safety on Montana's 2008 team the last time the Grizz went out to James Madison. That's Montana's opponent. Friday night, Harrisonburg, Virginia. And I was razzing coach here a little bit last night, telling him the Grizz I watched the game, watched the 2008 James Madison game last night. 
And the first thing you notice is Bobby Houck running out the tunnel. And you're like, holy cow, Bobby Houck is so young. <laughs> and then I was teasing you. I was saying, Coach Houck's only about five years older in that game than we are right now. And then I was really feeling really old. Yeah, it's funny. I, uh, I actually got a picture in my office of uh, me and Coach Houck after the game celebrating. And that's the one thing in my office uh, of that game. And that's the one thing people always notice is, how uh, skinny I look and <laughs> and how uh, young Coach Houck looks. So uh, uh, it's crazy that's been however many years ago. Time does fly and, and uh, looking forward to heading back down there. It's unbelievable how much time flies because it seems like yesterday and like three lifetimes ago all at the same time. Before we get into that one, though, let's talk about Friday night briefly because what a wicked atmosphere it was at Washington Grizzly Stadium. All you people out there that listen to this, you were – adequately lubricated and uh, adequately enthused and I was very proud of all of you. It was an awesome night of college football. Back and forth back and forth. But you're the secondary coach. This must be a pretty uh, stressful night when you got to go against 82 passes from the best quarterback in the United States of America. Uh, that's exactly right. Yeah and first it was an amazing environment for a football game. Um, awesome, awesome setting. Hard to beat that and then yeah everyone says how fun the game was I said you didn't have to defend 82 passes against that guy and <laughs> Uh, guys running around free, and, and uh, it got it became a hectic night. But great job by our guys. Um, it was a terrific, terrific night, and really excited to to move on. Well, you, during games, you're up in the box, so. I mean, what's it like up there? Do you get to do you get a feeling what the stadium is like, or do you kind of just have to rely on the secondhand stories? I, I, you don't get the feel. Um, uh, it was it was going in the fourth quarter, and uh, you could tell the stadium was rocking. So we opened the windows a little bit to try to get a feel for it, just to enjoy that. And, and actually, uh, when we played the Cats, and we had control of it, and we get, came out of the booth with about thirty seconds to go, and go down there, and you go on the field, you forget the the juice that it has. You don't quite get that feel. For the for the um, from the box, um, but yeah, it was a, it was an amazing amazing night and, and uh, it's an awesome stadium, man. The matchup against Eastern too, I mean, to me, what an all time instant classic game. A battle between, in my opinion, two of the five best teams in the country. The only unfortunate part was that it was in the second round. But, I mean, what do you think of that challenge? Because, on one hand, you could say, you look at this bracket, and if Montana's going to make a run in a national championship, that means you got to beat number four, Eastern Washington. you got to go on the road and beat number three, James Madison. If the seeds hold, you're talking about probably a trip to Fargo to play the perennial dynasty in North Dakota State. So you could say, okay, Grizz got a bad job, but... You remember from your playing days as well. That's the beauty of the playoffs, right? You got to beat the best to be the best. So, what do you think of just the overall challenge? Because Friday night, that was one of those challenges, and you guys got over the hump pretty, uh, pretty darn fluidly. Yeah, no, you're exactly right, Coulter. We we knew that you know they weren't seated, but they were. They were. Everyone knows that that's a no question. The top five team, and we knew that. We consider, you know, the top six teams in it, and they were one of them, we thought. And um, so to have to play them early was going to be a challenge. But uh, as you said, it's a it's a hurdle that we got over. And I kind of compared it to back in 09, our senior year. We, uh, we were the number one seed, and we had to play so-called the 16th seed from South Dakota State. But we knew that wasn't the 16th seed. It's, uh, you know, and you got to play them at some point. And, and, uh, but... It was obviously great to get that one out of the way, and now we got another big one in front of us. Well, that's the uh, the other part about this. Nuana's now Shan Schillinger joining us, assistant football coach at the University of Montana here on our ESPN Roundtable. And the last 10 years, it's been North Dakota State and then everybody else. And so, you know, the Bison always seem to get the one or the two, and then they sit at Fargo until they get to their annual trip to Frisco. Frisco is just like Fargo South. I mean, I get to, I've been to two of those national championship games. There's 20,000 North Dakota State people there. It's like a home game. But... People forget, I think, because of North Dakota State's dominance this last 10 years, that the brilliance of the FCS playoffs for so long was that anybody could win it. I mean, I don't think Richmond was even close to a seed back in 2008. I mean, that first year that you played in the national championship game, you guys, I think, were the four or the five. It's not necessarily just the one that gets to cruise all the way. So, I mean, how much do you emphasize that to the guys, just the broad premise that this is playoff football and anybody can win and anybody can make a run at the national championship? Exactly. No, that's exactly right. This, uh, um, And we feel like we playing a league that is very challenging that you know that we get through the league that we have as good a shot as anybody and um we're at that point now and yeah it's it's um football's a funny game as everyone knows and in any given night i know that sounds cliche but that's the truth if you go out and kick it around and you know 
step on your toe, you're gonna you're gonna be in trouble. And so that makes the playoffs interesting, exciting. And and uh, I look at the seat at the tournament right now. There's a lot of teams that could make a run at it. So I talked to Casey Keeler, Sam Houston State head coach, earlier this morning. We're recording this here uh, on a Tuesday, and as he was saying, he said, when you get to this point. You got eight teams that thought they could win the national championship, or not thought, but had national championship aspirations since the beginning of the year. So that's when it when it gets great when you get to this level uh, of the playoffs. Let's take you back to 2008, though. You and I, the same grade, same high school graduating class, and so uh, we were in college at the exact same time. And in 2008, something happened that hadn't happened before in my college career. Montana lost a conference game at Weber State on a rainy day. Uh, this is when I was living with some guys on the team, so I remember watching it from Missoula and just being jaw-dropped. I, I had never happened before. I think you guys had won like 22 straight conference games at that point. I had never watched the Grizz in my college life lose a game. But then Weber comes back up to Missoula and uh, he gave it to him. A very similar parallel to what happened last week with Eastern Washington beating you guys in the regular season and uh, then getting some revenge in the playoffs. But that game against Weaver, that set up then a trip across the country. And I had remembered James Madison from 2004 when they had beat Montana in the national championship. And that was a very intimidating team that year in 2008. You talk about a dude who was like, he was kind of like Troy Anderson before Troy Anderson, Rodney Landers. He wasn't necessarily trying to throw it very much, but he's about 6'3", 230. Wildcat quarterback beast. But what do you remember just about that time leading up to that, that trip to JMU because they were the undisputed number one team in the country. And uh, you guys were coming off a great win over a conference rival, but that was one of the only times I can remember the Grizz not being a favorite in a game. It's uh, it's so funny. Actually, me and Coach Hack talked about this last week and actually had an opportunity to talk to the team about it. There's a lot of similarities and parallels between that 08 season. Um, you said we went down to Weber. We dropped one. We were up 21-10 to 10 and had them and let them off the hook. And That's the magic score. Grizz were up 21-10 in Eastern, lost. Exactly. Down 21-10 Friday, win. 21-10 against Weber, too. You're right. Exactly. And then Weber had to come up here and they were kind of complaining that they had to come up here and play us and um, you know we got after them pretty good the next week we went to James Madison now you fast forward to 2021 it's, it was very very similar but um, I remember both teams we were we got hot at the right time in 08 as you remember we we were a that's credit to the coaching staff we got hot um, we had a confident football team um, and uh, went down there and Coach Huck still thinks that the OA James Madison team is probably one of the better FCS James Madison or uh, FCS teams that he's seen. So we knew it was going to be a challenge. Um, as you mentioned, um, Land, was it Landers? That was his name was uh, yeah, Rodney Landers. He was a, uh, he was a handful, and um, but it was a uh, it was an all time win. It was a huge win for us and um, our program. There's if you go back and look, there's not a lot of playoff wins. At the University of Montana, one is because you don't play a lot of road playoff games, but two, they're hard to get, yeah. and to go down there and get one was was epic. And uh, it's one, it's one. I have a few games in my career that I remember that stand out, and that's definitely one of them. And I'm excited for our guys to go down there and get a challenge, uh, get a chance to do the same thing. Well, I watched this game. It's on YouTube if everybody wants to see it. I'll put it on Twitter later on uh, while this interview is playing as well so you can get the direct link. But so funny to some of the things I was observing. Like on the ESPN ticker tape, you got Brandon Jacobs and Walter Jones injury reports. These guys have been retired from the NFL for like 10 years, right? Like Walter Jones is in the Hall of Fame at this point. Uh, but the other thing I thought was such an interesting uh, little tidbit was the commentators were Bob Wiskusen and Brock Heward. Well, Brock Heward's daughter, Haley Heward, we're down place with Lady Grizz. So another uh, way of dating us. Here we are, you know, 15 years later, Brock Heward. But you wonder, you wonder if that was kind of maybe Brock Heward's first taste of Montana. Maybe he encouraged his daughter to come here. But Haley Heward, by the way, complete side note, but as a true freshman Lady Grizz, she's shooting the lights out right now. She's been a welcome addition. So uh, interesting to just sort of see. But I, I just watching the pregame, setting the stage. I mean, this was the number one overall team in the country, hosting an upstart Montana team. On the other side of the bracket, it was Richmond who would go on to beat the third seed, Northern Iowa, in uh, Cedar Falls, which was a, a big win then as well. Um, but you watch um, James Madison run out of the tunnel, and you could just see the size. But then you see Montana running out of the tunnel as well. And uh, in that shot, there's you uh, right behind 
the biggest guy I think has ever played for the Grizz and Chris Dyke. And, I, you know, when you're in it and you're looking at it and you're hanging out with these guys and stuff, you know they're big or whatever. But looking at that now, so much of football has gotten bigger, stronger, faster. You guys are, when I watch you now compared to then, I think these guys are a little faster than you guys were. But there was nothing like your guys' offensive line back then, man. I mean, you're talking like five starters that are all 6'6", six, six, I mean, it was it's unbelievable to watch. It looks like an NFL team. Exactly. Those, uh, you talk, Chris Dyke, your legit six foot seven, maybe six eight. Taron Hillsland, uh, six eight. Uh, Levi Horn, six eight. Levi Horn, six. You know, I mean, JD Quinn's the smallest one. He's like six four, three hundred, and he's the meanest. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, that was a that was a thing. We had a big front that was good. Um, a lot of local kids on that front as well. You know, Colin Dow's the guy that we didn't yep. mention that, um, but but. Uh, yeah, we were big up front, and, and the unfortunate part is we, as not to di- go to the next week, but we had some injuries at the you know, yeah. front that kind of cost us a little bit. But uh, no, it was uh, you know it was, it was, those were guys that. They're, they don't make them like that as much anymore. It seems like those guys are hard to find, and I know the games change. But you know, you're talking six, seven, six, seven, six, eight across the front. We were, we were, we had, uh, we looked pretty good up front. Yeah, I was talking to my brother about that for a brief moment of time, and he was a freshman when you were a senior. You guys played that one year together, but uh, we were talking exactly like it's not as if. You know, there's just some glaring error in recruiting or, or whatever. There's just not guys like that anymore. Like, if Taron Hillsland existed in Montana right now, Montana and Montana State would be throwing the kitchen sink at this guy to try to go get him. You know, same with Colin Dow. I mean, I remember we were so scared of Colin Dow in high school. I remember our high school coach used to draw, you know, draw the players up on the board. He'd draw Colin Dow's little square, like, three times as big. You know, and then we're, like, watching film. We're like, well, I'm a pretty good high school football player. How am I supposed to go against this guy? Like, he's going to get drafted tomorrow. Unbelievable. Uh, the talent that they had up front. Shan Schuller joining us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. The other interesting part about the, the pregame uh, that I noticed was that they talked about the di- the dynamics between the two conferences, and at that time, the Colonial Athletic Association was the league. That was only a 16-team playoff bracket, and they had five teams in the playoffs that year. That was back when the Big Sky, it was Montana, and then you know maybe Eastern would sneak in, or if the Cats won the rivalry game, they could get in, uh, but it was Montana and everybody else. And so I think that's another interesting part, and I was thinking about that. I think that's a credit to you guys. I think a credit that's to everybody that's been a part of Montana football, actually, for the last 30 years is how much Montana and the Grizzlies pushed the envelope out west forward. The Big Sky now got five teams in this year. It's not a coincidence to me that why. Montana set the pace. Montana was the flagship. Montana's the one that showed people that you can win at this level of football uh, in the FCS. So uh, a huge testament to that. But it's just fascinating, right, to just think about the way that the conferences have, have sort of changed. I mean, back then, the Missouri Valley Football Conference was in its first year of existence, and now that that's one of the powers as well. So it's just interesting the way things shift. No doubt. No, that's interesting. I remember the it was the CA was was loaded with with teams um, Richmond, um, Delaware, all those. Obviously, James Madison. There was a ton of talent in that league, um, and it is funny to see it shift. And at that point in time, there would be, like you said, a, a team or two from our league that would get in. And I do think that. You know, in 04, Montana going national championship. 08, 09, that helped, as you mentioned, you know, probably helped our league get a little more exposure and say, hey, man, they deserve more teams to get in the tournament. So watching this game, and, and uh, it was so many different memories flooding back, but the very first play of the game is – a, a quarterback run, of course it was, because Rodney Landers, you know, he's, he's that's just his quarterback run game all day with James Madison back then. But the tackle is made by you, Chase Palmer, and Cole Anderson, three of my good friends. And so I'm like, that's pretty cool. I, had, I didn't remember that that moment had happened, but, I mean, Chase was one of my great friends growing up my whole life, and that's how I even got to know all you guys. So that was a cool moment as well. But just that game in general, though, it's so interesting because people think of the Midwest and out West here in Montana as the, the places where you're going to run the ball play physical football that's and out east so many of those teams are high flying throw all over the place except james madison right james madison has always had the huge offensive lines they've always had the bruising run game so do you remember that element of it and how'd you guys get geared up because their offensive line was huge and their quarterback is like the size of a fullback uh, uh, it's funny um, obviously it was a game my parents had gone to and that's one thing my dad always talks about is of all the games he went and watched was james madison's offensive line looked different than everybody else's and he still talks about today 
this day is how they were big, but they fired off the ball. And uh, I remember specifically that w- that was the best O-line that our coaching staff had talked about that we were going to see. And uh, and it didn't help that they had a guy back there that was big that could run it. And, um, and we, defensively, we weren't overly big. Um, but the one thing I always do... And this is where the similarities lie with that team compared to this team. We had a lot of smart guys on defense. And, um, you know, you talk about Colt Anderson, who's coaching in the NFL, and Sean Lepsock, who's an eye doctor, Jace Palmer. You know, those guys are smart guys. Craig, I mean, Brandon Fisher. Fisher is a defense yeah. coordinator at the FCS level right now. Grew up around, the you know, the game. There was so many, so many uh, smart kids on our football team. Tremaine Johnson obviously was, you know, uh, NFL corner for a long time, a smart guy. And the other corners were... Uh, Andrew Swink and Keith Thompson, guys that understood football. And um, there's there's that similarity that we probably weren't the most impressive-looking team, but we were pretty smart and uh, could make adjustments like that. And there's a lot of similarities between this defense and, and that defense and, you know, the fact that you can make changes on the fly and guys adapt to it. And that was a night I do remember we were making changes like crazy because they were hard to stop. Well, that, that's the other most striking part about it, though, too, is watching the way that football has changed, especially defensively. You watch you guys, and you watch this defense now. What you guys are doing now is so aggressive, and there's so many different elements of just the way you guys put pressure on teams and, and the way you keep them off balance and, and the way you can surprise the opponent and give them stuff that they're not expecting. Watching you guys as players – the gap sound nature of it is insane. Like, there's a couple carries early in the game where the James running ba- James Madison running back has it, and you'll see two linebackers fill completely next to the running back. It's not like they miss the tackle or anything. It's the mechanism of the defense. And then you see you or Colt just burning down in there making the tackle. But the sacrificial nature of it, just like the mechanism of what you guys were doing. We used to always talk about it when you guys were in school, but the 111th, I mean, it's crazy. Like, now it's so much pressure and so much aggression and all that. And, you know, you you guys are such good open field tacklers now, too, so you can get away with a lot of that stuff. But then, I mean, it's like one for all, all for one, right? That's funny. Yeah, it's exactly right. Um, back then, we were more of a, I would say, gap sound defense. We're going to, as you mentioned, you're going to fit this gap, spill out to the unblocked guy and, and, and do that. And whereas now, I would say um, we're more attacking in a sense that um, – we're going to make the offense react to us right. is more so our, you know, our philosophy. You want them to have to adapt to you, whereas, you know, when you play the other style, which there's nothing wrong with, a lot of times you're having to react to them, I would say, would be the two differences. And um, But uh, as you you know, the bottom line of both those things, that you, both those things to be good at defense, you got to tackle, and that was a good tackling team in 08. All of Coach Houck's teams are going to tackle good. That's one of the, you know, one of the staples of his, of his uh, programs. And then I'd say our team now is a good tackling team as well. And then we get to the part where they do the uh, pregame, inter- or I guess the uh, the graphics on the screen. It's about fi- five minutes into the game, and the three guys they highlight are Chase Reynolds, our walk-on from eight-man Drummond, Montana, Cole Anderson, a guy who played for a winless high school team in Butte and was also a walk-on, and then yourself. You actually got a little scholarship money, but you had to win, what, 50 high school games to go do it? <laughs> Coming out of Baker, Montana. I just thought that was so on brand. Like, people that weren't from around here, if they were watching that, they're probably like, man, that's pretty crazy that you got eight man football players and class B football players and then the craziest part those all three of you guys went to the NFL but the question though for you is how has Bobby Houck been able to do that so often throughout the years because it seems like Coach Houck's programs develop guys better than anybody I've ever seen. Yeah, uh, Player development is exactly right yeah. and it's um, um, obviously big weight room is a big part of it And um, but the other thing is is you don't give up on guys. And I've heard Coach Houck say it many times. Young guys, you, you, you continue to believe in them and, and give them opportunities. And the other thing is, is if you notice and you watch our teams um, now, you see guys rotate in and out. Uh, you know, there are times where, you know, Pat O'Connell's coming off for a series. Right. And to keep him fresh, one, but that's how you develop guys. That's how you develop guys. And um, and I think that's been a big part of it as well is we rotate a lot of guys. And because of that, I remember getting reps as a freshman when, you know, I kind of know those guys are better than me. Why am I getting But it's part of the development process. And I'm a firm believer that you got to do that. And that develops depth, but it also, that's how you build a program for years to come.
ESPN Roundtable, Shan Schillinger, Montana secondary coach, joining us here on Nuanas now, ESPN Radio. And speaking of the, the Montana guys, it's so funny, too, watching the, that 2008 game against James Madison because there's some parallels there, too, in terms of the way you guys were swinging momentum in games. And you talk about guys getting reps who you maybe didn't know who, what they were going to become. The very first kickoff, it's Caleb McSurdy. Pokes down. He's like a freshman at this point. He goes on to become one of the great linebackers in school history, 2011 Big Sky Conference MVP. And another guy who was a young guy on that team, too, Donnie Lasowski recovers it. Yep. And Donnie was another one who made his name on special teams and even got a sniff in the NFL because he's the fastest little guy you've ever seen in your life. But uh, fun watching the, that element of it as well because it seems like that's another place. And I know you're working heavily with Coach Alk on the special teams where guys can really start to make a name for themselves at the, in the Montana program. No doubt. And it's funny, those were two – we recovered two fumbles in that yeah. game. And uh, the kicking game was the difference in that game because they had a hard time stopping us that night. Um, we kind of had a hard time stopping them, but uh, you mentioned some of those names. I remember, you know, uh, Don Lasowski and Caleb McSurdy, Ryan Featherston had a big play, I believe. Um, Eric Stoll, guys that, you know, that was their role in the team, and they bought into it. And, like, we're playing pretty good in the kicking game right now, and it's the same type of thing. Guys are buying into that part of the game, and that's a credit to Coach Houck and the, the emphasis he puts on that unit. Everybody that's listening to this, I'm sure you're going to go to YouTube and watch this game. So we're not going to take it all the way through. I was just using some of my notes from watching it to sort of direct this conversation. But the other thing that is so cool now is, you know, we're, ta- we're kind of teasing about us getting older now. But you look at all, the, and you mentioned, it, just looking at what all these guys that you played with have done. And I think it's so cool that so many of you guys are still involved in sports because I think you guys can pass on such great lessons. But you know, there was a moment where Ty Hobbs, the new Big Sky Girls basketball coach, and Craig Bettler, the Sentinel track coach, they make a tackle together, right? You know, then Mike Ferrer has a big catch over the middle. He, he's been in college football coaching for a long time as well. And, you know, I'm just proud of you guys, man, because I think it's so awesome. Brandon Fisher has been involved in college coaching since his career got over as well. But why? I mean, what is it? What, what is the, the element that, that has driven you guys into coaching? And, and what did you learn while you were at Montana that sort of set this stage for you guys to make this into your careers? Yeah, it's, it's funny you say that. It's awesome, actually. And think about some of that stuff. I think it's just the environment that we were in, and we thrived in it, and we loved it. And when you leave, it's hard to get that. And, um, um, that's probably why a lot of those guys had got into it. And um, I think it's another reason why we were good. Is sure. Guys, like I mentioned, those were, everyone loved the game, you know, loved it. And when it was over, they had a hard time with it and wanted to find something else that could fill that void. And um, that's, that's awesome. I never really thought of it, in, you know, in that terms of all the guys that we did have that went on in some sort of athletics and um, all great guys as well and having a big impact in a lot of people's lives now. And so special special group of kids and big guys, and, and uh, I sure enjoy those memories. Yeah, it's so awesome to, to think about. And, you know, I, I tell you this, I know that the guys that I keep up with that – aren't involved in football they're very jealous of us they are man they 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 follow it passionately and you know i'll tell you this there's a lot of good livings you can make out there but coaching football covering football like we do that's a hell of a lot more fun than selling spines and knees and whatever the hell these guys do but hey hey they got nicer houses than me so maybe it's a it's a 50 50 trade for sure shane schillinger joining us here on nuanas now it's the espn round table. one last question about this retrospective of this game shane you mentioned the the turnovers that you forced but is there a moment in time that you, you thought, man, we got them? Because, I mean, th- this was this was a slobber knocker of a game. I mean, there was a point in this game, I think James Madison ran the ball 21 times. Sean Lepsock goes down with a shoulder. Chase Palmer goes down with an ankle. Uh, everybody's getting messed up because it's just running straight at you, but they, you guys were still able to pull it out. But, I mean, do you remember a moment when it kind of turned and you guys were like, man, we, we got this thing? I, I remember when we hit a, and I don't remember what point in time of the game it was, but when we hit Chase on a wheel route um, out of the backfield for a touchdown, and and another thing is, I remember Bergie Cole, our quarterback, played really well that night. Yes. And uh, when he got rhythm, Cole was as good as anybody. And uh, he was hot that night. And when I saw him hit that wheel route, and I felt pretty good about our, te- our team. We had some confidence, and, and uh, I thought we were going to be a tough team to beat that night. Montana heads back to Harrisonburg, Virginia. First time since that faithful night back in 2008. And, Coach, I know you're still going through it. We're still early in the week right now. But just a general thought on James Madison because uh, I've seen a lot of teams in the FCS this year. I'm not saying they're the best. They seem like the most complete team that I've seen so far. Yeah, they're uh, obviously a very solid football team, and they've had a great run in the last few years. And 
Um, obviously, can't speak much on their their uh, their defense, but I have heard you know coach say they're a very complete football team in all three phases, and um, it'll be a challenge obviously down there and. Um, we're going to have our hands full, but hopefully they will as well. And I do know our guys will go down and, and compete. That's obviously uh, something we take pride in and go down there and give her hell and see what happens. Well, I know that uh, we always like to continue to have pride in, in the things we accomplished as young men. But Coach Alex, been, he's been teasing it for a couple a couple months now that this is among, if not the greatest, greatest defense of all time. I know you guys still got to finish the deal. I had a lot of goals out in front of you. But uh, – it's hard for you to probably say that that's any better than the ones you played on, right? Yeah, it's uh, you know it's it's hard to compare. We're, we were uh, we're a defense that is playing with a lot of confidence right now. You know, I date back to you know you go um, second half of the Southern Utah game, you don't give up a touchdown to Northern Colorado, you don't give up a touchdown to Northern Arizona, you don't give up a touchdown, and then they give one up in the last drive versus Bozeman. It's hard to do that nowadays. So our guys are playing a lot of confidence, but you know to compare is hard for me to do. I don't you know obviously. I can't remember. I've taken too many hits to the head, I guess. <laughs> but, no, I like the, way, like the way our guys play. I like their demeanor. I like the way they come out and practice every day. And, and I'll say this, they love football. They do. They love ball. And, and uh, so you have that attitude, you're going to have a shot every game. Shane Schilliger here on the ESPN Roundtable. Thanks, Coach. True pleasure catching up. Thanks, Coulter. I appreciate uh, the coverage you give our guys. And uh, always good to catch up with you, man. ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls in Missoula. Need a place to watch the Grizz game. Kicks at 5 p.m. local. Paradise Falls has got 30 big screen TVs, 18 draft beers, food and appetizer specials. So head on down to 3621 Brook Street, Paradise Falls, Missoula's coolest hotspot. One of the best catches I've ever seen in person, Elvis Akpa from Montana State made it. He joins us next to rehash some memories from 10 years ago when the Bobcats fell at Sam Houston in the 2011 FCS playoffs. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, Fiber Deployments, and Community Events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com news. What up, Montana? Welcome back. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanas. Well, one of my favorite parts of my job is the fact that I get to keep in touch or reconnect with a lot of people from my past, and it's been an awesome time getting to know so many different great athletes. That's one of my favorite parts about covering particularly college sports in the state of Montana is that... You get to cover guys that are exceptionally talented at sports, but they also have great perspective and a great love for the game and oftentimes goals that go far beyond football or basketball. And the next guy was a guy I had a great pleasure to get to know when I was first back in Montana working at the Bozeman Chronicle. He's Elvis Akpla, former Montana State wide receiver. And a guy that uh, I remember Elvis back in the day, my first year on the beat, my first feature story for the Chronicle was actually about you. So it was fun getting to know you back then. And I haven't talked you in quite some time so thanks for being with us man how you doing i'm, I'm doing really well and Coulter, thank you so much for having me on it's uh absolute honor um you did an incredible job when i and my time there at montana state and uh excited to be here and uh and chat a little bit about about my bobcats well, give people just a little update on you, because I know when you were at Montana State, you were maybe thinking about pursuing some sort of medicine, but I know that you've had a lot of different uh, iterations of, of your career throughout the way. I know you're still working in the medical field a little bit, but just take, take people through what the last 10 years have been like for you since you graduated from Montana State. <laughs> uh, yeah, quite a bit has happened. Um, so uh, after my time at Montana State, I had uh, my brief stint um, with Philadelphia Eagles, and then also um, a brief stint with the uh, the BC Lions, uh, where I got to catch footballs from Travis Lule, our uh, Bobcat legend, which was really really fun. Uh, but then um, after that, um, I stopped playing football. I ended up coming back to uh, Portland, and uh, I started working as a uh, special ed teacher. Um, I kind of fell into it. Uh, but I started working as a special ed teacher in a, at a high school in a suburb of, of Portland. Um, and I also coached football. And then uh, in 2015, I became the head coach at that school. 
um, we were uh, not very good uh, when I took over. And uh, four or five years later, we became uh, one of the contenders in the state. And then uh, uh, after that, I, I ended up resigning to join my uh, fiance at the time uh, in her home state of Missouri, where she uh, got a great opportunity to become an elementary principal, her first administrative job um, in the educational field. And uh, so she did that for a couple of years. I also coached a little football there and, and, and some track. Um, and then I was also a teacher there as well. And then I, uh, I got this new job uh, in medical devices, um, specifically spinal cord stimulators, where uh, the, the device treats chronic pain for a lot of patients. Um, but I got this job back in Oregon. So we moved back in January and, uh, I've been uh, doing that ever since and, uh, coaching a little football on the side as well. We got to love it. I'm glad you're still involved in the game. The entry point here on Nuana's now Elvis Ackbo, former Montana state wide receiver joining us on ESPN radio is that Montana state plays Sam Houston state this week in the FCS playoffs. And I was thinking back to that 2011 game when you were a senior and I know it was not the result you guys wanted, but there was a lot of different elements of that storyline that remain intriguing. But I also thought of you right away because you made the most ridiculous catch I've ever seen live at a football game in that exact <laughs> contest in the quarterfinals back there 10 years ago in Huntsville, Texas. So uh, that was kind of a crazy moment, right? Not only did that highlight uh, circulate, but it kind of went viral. And uh, all of a sudden, you're not just famous in Montana. You're famous all over the place for at least a minute in time. So what do you remember about that catch and just uh, sort of the aftermath of, of how much hype it got? Yeah, you know, it, it, was, a, it was a really interesting day. Uh, first of all, it's an incredible atmosphere um, for the playoffs, uh, especially at the FCS level. Uh, they do a really great job. Their fans really come out and, and, and really support their team. So uh, the uh, the stage was kind of set. I also remember uh, specifically during pregame, it was the first uh, time Montana State had ever been on ESPN. And so uh, I was really excited. Um, a few of my Duck teammates uh, because they were off waiting for their bowl game. I think that year uh, they ended up going to the Rose Bowl. Uh, but a few of my Duck teammates had texted me the night before saying, like, hey, we're gonna we're all going to be watching you uh, in the training tables, so uh, you better show out. <laughs> and so, uh, so yeah, so it, it, was, it, was, it was a really great environment. Um, it was my, you know, it, I didn't know it was going to be my last game, but, you know, I, I treated every playoff game as my last game. And, um, it was just an incredible moment, and I was really fortunate to make that play. Um, unfortunately, we didn't score on that drive, and uh, I think that was probably one of our last big plays of the day, and, and they just, they kind of uh, uh, took care of business on their end and, and ended up moving on. Um, if I remember correctly, I think they might have played uh, North Dakota State in the national championship they did if i I remember yeah so and they had some really good corners their their entire football team was extremely talented from top to bottom they have essentially no flaws um but yeah no it was a great great play to make and i was i was really uh fortunate that the nearest gave me a chance and uh you know i was able to come down with the ball that trip too was so interesting because of sort of the exterior storyline which was that Montana State's roster, it's always built on Montana kids and kids from the Northwest like you from the Portland-Seattle area, the I-5 corridor. But there was a moment in time when Rob Ash and his staff really put a high priority on recruiting down in Texas. And I think that it reached a point where there was 20 – 20 plus Texas guys. You mentioned Daenerys McGee, a guy from Dallas, but there was also guys like Trey Robinson and Naa Moyakiola and Jody Owens and a bunch of guys from that Dallas Fort Worth area. And so, what do you remember about that element of it? The fact that those guys were sort of going home when they were going to go play Sam Houston State. And there's a lot of games in Texas during that era because I know Rob Ash wanted to get those guys closer to home, let their moms watch them play. Uh, but do you remember those guys talking about just, just going home and then playing against Sam Houston leading up to that game? Yeah, my, my teammates, um, and there are so many more, Darius Jones, uh, John L., um, Rob Wall, and the list goes on and on and on. Um, so a lot, all of my teammates, uh, they, they wouldn't admit it during the week, but it was hyper-emotional. Um, you know, a lot of those guys had dreamt of playing college football 
Um, they, I'm, all of them, especially in Texas, assume they'd go to a, a UT or Texas A&M or, or Baylor or something like that, and they end up at Montana State. And so for their entire family to be able to watch them play in a in a big playoff game was, was really an emotional scene for them. And I remember that was that was definitely – there's just a different feel and different vibe to practice um, the uh, – the, the the players and, and and even the coaches too to your point about from a recruiting standpoint they're really really excited for that game and yeah that dev, definitely had a, a significant effect because um, a lot of my teammates knew the the, the kids from Sam Houston State they had played them in against uh, them in high school and whatnot so um, it was definitely a unique uh, scenario and uh, it was it made it a little bit more fun. Elvis Ackpla joining us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television, all the way around the great state of Montana. Elvis was a senior All-American in 2011 when the Bobcats went to Sam Houston, the first of two playoff matchups between the Bearcats and the Bobcats. That afternoon in Huntsville, 49-13, Sam Houston uh, with the victory on the way to then a national championship berth for the Bearcats. It's actually fascinating too, Elvis, when I think about this. This is why the playoffs are so interesting because you never know who's going to have to play who depending on how the bracket plays out. And I always thought that Montana State was a top four team both your senior year and the following year as well. And they happened to just go out in the round of eight because they happened to play the second best team two years in a row in Sam Houston. So it's funny how the draws work out. And you never know when you might play the best team. I mean, a lot of times teams that maybe are the best in the country get knocked out before they even get to the national championship as well. But uh, sort of tough that that was the matchup you guys faced because you guys were such a good team. And it seemed like maybe the bracket just didn't play out in your favor, particularly your senior year and the year after as well. No, you're absolutely right, and uh, that's just uh, <laughs> that's just the conundrum of football in the postseason. You know, one one of the things I used to tell uh, my players when I when I was a head coach uh, there at Lake Ridge High School is that when you get in the playoffs, um, it, the playoffs are just a series of championship games, and and you can't really control um, who you're going to play. You just you're going to have to play a really good team at some point. The hardest game might be the first game, or it might be the last game, or one of them in between, and so. Um, that's just kind of how the cookie crumbles sometimes. There's no no easy route uh, to a championship. But, uh, yeah, we were really, really fortunate to be able to – I remember my senior year in particular, um, it was the, the the first time we were able to uh, get a home playoff win because um, we had played North Dakota State the year before at home. Uh, but it was the first time we had a home playoff win uh, uh, against New Hampshire uh, – um, and then uh, we went over to uh, Sam Houston State, and uh, that's all she wrote. But yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It's uh, it is a difficult uh, process to go through, and you're not quite sure who you're going to play. The other crossover that's so interesting now, too, though, is that at that time Montana State's building, building, and Sam Houston and North Dakota State were kind of the two teams to beat. Well, Brent Vegan, who's now the head coach at Montana State was at North Dakota State. So he's actually played Sam Houston as well. Those NDSU teams took down the teams that took out the Bobcats in both 2011 and 2012. So, uh, Elvis, do you still follow Bobcat football at all? Absolutely, 100%. Um, in fact, um, Coach Vegan had a uh, an all-alumni uh, Zoom meeting uh, right when he got hired just to connect with all the alumni. And um, it was great to see all, all my old teammates and familiar faces and uh, just kind of discuss, you know, the state of uh, – the state of affairs for Bobcat football. And yeah, I absolutely follow them. Um, I mean, it's, it's where I graduated. It's where I grew up as a man. And so, uh, and that the other thing too is John Ellis in particular. Um, he also lives here in Oregon and uh, he's actually in my wedding this summer. And uh, we, we talk about Bobcat football all the time. And so, yeah, we, we, we are very uh, avid followers. Another uh, Texas native, John Ellison. I think he's from Mansfield. So it was fun getting yep. to know all those Texas guys, man, because I know a lot of people from, from our neck of the woods, from Portland and stuff, and it was obviously cool getting to know any any new people. But getting to know those Texas boys was awesome, man. So, I mean, last question for you on that note then. What did you think of that element of your college career? Because that's awesome you're still friends with John Ellis, but it seems like such a, a meshing and coalescing of cultures when it comes to a college football locker room. You meet guys from all over the, the country, sometimes even all over the world. So uh, what did you think of just that? part of your college career yeah no it, it was uh you know having having been at oregon um previously i've kind of gotten used to getting to know people from all 
corners of the country. Uh, but I think at, at Montana State in particular, uh, we got really close, our entire uh, team, uh, whether the, they were from native from Montana or elsewhere. And I, I think it's because we all came in um, all really talented, all motivated to win, um, and we helped build the football program up. And so uh, I remember, especially my sophomore year, my first year, um, we we're just barely above 500. If I believe, if if I'm correct, I, I don't remember exactly, but we were we were not a very good football team. And so we all came in together. You know, I was a sophomore. Um, my buddy Julius Lloyd, who had actually just visited um, a month ago, uh, he lives in Seattle now. Uh, you know, he came in from a from a JUCO. Um, Everett was a freshman, and so was Jody and all those guys. So uh, Zach Minter. Like there's so many of my my teammates, I still get it, stay in com, uh, contact with because we all built it together and we got really tight really quickly and uh, I think we made the best of our uh, opportunities at Montana State and um, the the university did a lot more for us than than we did for it but uh, we're we're glad to be able to at least in my time get uh, two uh, consecutive conference championships and and, and playoff berth. Well, anybody that wants to know the value of college athletics beyond the fun that it provides us and the communal nature of it, if you just listen to all the interviews that we do now here, Nuanas now as well as on the Big Sky Breakdown at Skyline Sports, it's not a coincidence to me that all these guys are doing great in life. I mean, all these guys have great success, and I think the college football teaches you that. They teach you, teach you teamwork, teaches you adversity, teaches you how to lose, it teaches you, you know, how to work with people, it teaches you all sorts of different things, time management, discipline, all that. So I think it's it's uh, exceptionally cool. Elvis Akpo, former All-American wide receiver for the Bobcats, joining us here on ESPN Radio. And Elvis, last thing for you then, a big game Saturday night in Huntsville. Probably be a little nostalgic for you and some of your former teammates to watch this thing and, and sort of think back to 10 years ago. But what do you think of the action? Because to me, this is number one, Sam Houston versus number eight, Montana State. But I think it's a lot closer than that. I think the Bobcats... Could have been seated a lot higher if it wasn't for a mishap against the Grizzlies. And I think that Sam Houston, all the credit in the world, they've been riding the momentum of that spring championship. But I think this is more evenly matched than maybe the seeds indicate. What do you think? Yeah, you know, that that's that's a really interesting take. Um, um, I, I, I tend to agree with you on that. I think, um, you know, I, I'll, I know I know it's 10 years ago, different coaching staff, different players. Um, but if, if I wanted to compare it to my senior in 2011, Sam Houston State uh, was just beyond talented at every position. And we were just kind of getting going and, and, and figuring out how to play teams that are out of our conference. We were just trying to get through the Big Sky Conference. So we were a little new. I think um, the, the thing that can't be discounted is the experience for this year's Bobcat team. They were um, – uh, they had such a great run last year. Um, I know they have a new staff, uh, but they had such a great. Or I, when I say last year, I mean in 2019. Um, so, so th- those kids are really, really experienced. Um, our defense, in particular, is much better than it was when I was there. And I think um, offensively, the physicality that our our team plays with will will bode well. Physicality travels, right? Physicality travels. And so um, I I think you're absolutely right. I think it's going to be a pretty close game. Um, And it's really going to come down to three or four plays. um, And we don't know when. It might be in the first quarter. It might be the second quarter. It might be the end of the game. But I think it's going to come down to three or four plays, um, 50-50 balls, you know, one break one way, a call here, um, those types of things. So, you know, when we're at this championship level, um, every team's really good. And, and I do think it's going to be pretty close. Elvis Akpla, former Montana State All-American wide receiver, a guy who had one of the highlight reel catches of all time at Sam Houston State some 10 years ago, sharing some memories with us here on Nuana's Now ESPN Radio. Elvis, true pleasure catching up with you, man. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for making the time. And uh, maybe we'll cross paths soon. In the meantime, be well. Thank you so much for your time, and Go Cats. So you go, Elvis Akpla, longtime Bobcat receiver. Elvis, one of the smartest guys I ever covered. He was a track guy at Oregon, late to the football game, late to the football team at Oregon. He was going to be a full-ride long jumper, but then also was trying to be a walk-on football player because of NCAA rules. He got in this weird situation, and then his major, it changed, and he wanted to go become something in the medical field, so he ended up transferring to Montana State, and then he exploded and was one of the best receivers in the big sky and in the country by the time he finally blossomed as a senior in 2011. So fun catching up with him. 
What's on the docket tomorrow? We'll let you know. Right after this, keep it right here. ESPN Radio. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. ESPN Radio Missoula. What up, Montana? You know that part in Alice in Wonderland where the Mad Hatters say, I'm late, I'm late for a very important date? Sometimes how I feel when our interviews go too long and I don't get to get them all in. But we appreciate you being here, hanging out with us on a Wednesday. Awesome show. You can find everything from today's show in the Nuanas Now podcast, whether it was Sean Rainey from SWX Montana Television, Danny Sprinkle, Montana State head men's basketball coach, Tucker Sargent from the greatest hockey team, Shan Schillinger sharing some memories about Montana's last trip to James Madison in 2008 when the Grizz won 35-27 over the Dukes, the top-ranked team in the country. We also heard from Elvis Akpa, All-American wide receiver for Montana State. Go check out the podcast if you missed anything. Tomorrow, we won't be here, but we will. So you just meet us back here at 4 p.m. We got a jam-packed show for you. We'll be on the road, but we got the show all ready to go for you already. Feature Brooks Nuanez from SkylineSportsMT.com. Also, Bobby Houck and Brett Vegan, the respective coaches for both Montana and Montana State. And our good friend Carol in the Chicken Doesn't Know Sports will swing by as well. Next time you see me, we'll be in Harrisonburg. See you then. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear... How about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.